people just don't want to be that structured. But when you do it and you are, it's amazing how much extra time you end up with once you do the main things first and you keep them as like your priority. Cheers. They they say that there's something about that first sip feeling. (laughs) That's uh yeah, Seattle Seattle originated coffee right there. Uh for literally right down the street from uh UW. Have you been to the original? I've never been to the OG. Is that where the gum wall is? I think that's near there. Never never been. I haven't been to the gum wall, but that actually grossed me out a lot. I'd like to just take a wad of big league chew and just chuck it against the wall. No. See, um, you're that guy. Can't do it. <laughs> uh, welcome back to another episode of Champion School. Uh, I am Ray McIntyre, once again joined by Austin Byler. We're going to be breaking down all things character leadership. Uh, cool stuff, baseball-wise, sports-wise, uh, really anything. We, don't re- we really don't have like a clean, like crispy intro, uh, but I feel like it comes out okay usually. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. What do you think? <laughs> I, I prefer not to go scripted. I, yeah, don't know. I think too scripty is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like this. I mean, nobody planned the Starbucks. We just happened to have a Starbucks cup and it worked out good. <laughs> there you go. No free shout outs. Anyways, uh, today we have Jake Banwert, Coach Banwert with the BAM fam. Uh, he has, he actually does a lot of things, right? He's, he's kind of the head of uh, two different or three different businesses. He's coaching two different teams. Or more than that, probably his organization has tons of teams. They're out of Indy, right? Indianapolis yep. is where they originated. So, um, and a really good dude, awesome guy. So, he's, he's stick around. It's going to be a really good interview. Um, but before we get into that, how are you doing? Doing good. We got the Starbucks. We're, we're pumped up. Jake's an awesome dude. He's incredible. We connected, oh, probably two years ago, and, and we talked about some mental training for their athletes, what they're doing, what we do and kind of collaborating, you know, and bringing things together. And we'll get into the whole story when we get into the podcast, but uh, needless to say, he's an awesome guy, so genuine and very authentic and doing things for the right reasons. And it's really cool to see how their program operates. So I'm doing good, man. We got the follow your dreams back here still. I'm finally getting my right arm in because I got to really think about it. <laughs> but <Yep>. We're good. <laughs> uh, updates for us. Number one, first of all, haircuts in right got cleaned up high and tight and that's why i don't have a hat on for the first time in weeks so uh that's going well and then uh number two we just got back from maxwell california shout out t wells um talk about the trip a little brief trip i know you were up here uh and maybe even touch on your uh friday night outing on the mount <laughs> yeah i think the i think let's get into the real business here and that's our men's <laughs> league seven inning between ray and i for the dub on the mound. three runs given up we don't know if they're earned or not we kind of do, <laughs> but uh, Those are earned. So the whole trip to Maxwell was awesome. Uh, Tyler Wells, he's the head coach at Maxwell high, super small town, maybe a hundred kids at the, at the high school in general. And uh, he was one of our teammates at the university of Nevada. One of the, the best left-handed pitchers I've ever seen. And then unfortunately arm injuries and things happened there. And so he took his talent and his knowledge back to Maxwell, his hometown and is doing a great job. I mean, that was such a disciplined crew that we just saw there. It was really cool. We had over 70 kids. Uh, from all different ages, as young as seven, eight. We even had a five-year-old, I think, out there crushing it, yep. all the way up to 16-year-olds. So it's really cool to see different kids coming together in these towns and just seeing what they do. So went and did two days there, little skill clinic out there on the fields, beautiful park, awesome complex, so much fun. Great weather, too. How about that weather, man? 78 yep. degrees. That was incredible. And then uh, after that, actually before that, Friday night, men's league first outing in three years for me ever playing. And, and I guess for the last three years, haven't done anything. Coach Ray invited me over to a men's league game. Pretty good division. I mean, decent competition, uh, at least in the stat line, it might have looked like it. Uh, <laughs> and, and I got the bump. I got the start on the bump that he said, hey, you want to start? Said, uh, I guess. And the last time I pitched was 13 years ago. And it was Jeez. not very good. Inning in a third, eight runs, bad outing, last one forever. So it was fun. Got the start. We got the win. Ray came in, closed it out with four innings. Shut down, baby. Shut it down. They actually invited me back. Uh, their last game is oh. Thursday. So if Texas doesn't happen, uh, I'll be out there. 8.45, another 8.45 start, super late. 
uh, the dudes are savages, but uh, shout out to Ivan and if a uh, Bush leaguer on, but what is it? Bush leaguer one one or on uh, Instagram. Baseball I don't know. lifestyle. No, not him. Bush leaguer. Good try. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get into the good news of the week. Couple of really cool things for good news of the week. Number one, um, World War II veterans, uh, take, a, take a, a guess. How old do you think the oldest living World War II veteran is right now? Try again. 99. He just turned 112. 112? Yeah, 112. So for any of you at 60 years old or we'll say 55 years old stressing out, right, about, uh, you know, you feel like you're getting towards the back half of your life, well, guess what? You have... T- twice that right because <laughs> this man turned 112 and and of course you know the first of all you know anybody that serves we, we got to give a huge shout out right like it's incredible but to to be in that era in the world war ii era and then to be around that long is, is really incredible and uh you know i just wanted to give him a happy birthday shout out it was on sunday uh, yeah pretty cool that's incredible 112 that is amazing Wow. What's his diet like? I don't know. I don't know. His name is uh, Lawrence Brooks. That is really all I have. He is um, a legend, though. That's (laughs) an absolute legend. That's insane. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, TJ Friedel. Our guy shouts out. So Terry Friedel. Uh, was a player for us at the University of Nevada or played with us at University of Nevada, a little outfielder, walk-on originally at Nevada, um, one of the hardest-working dudes, right, and a stand-up guy, and uh, really just kept it going. Man, he, he's chugging through the minor league system, and he got pulled up by the Rays this, uh, what, yesterday, two days ago? The Reds. And the Reds. Reds, excuse me. Uh, and hit a lead up, bomb, his first at-bat in the big leagues. And and super cool, the whole situation. Um Mookie Betts is in right field. He gets the fan to throw the ball back. Mookie then takes his bat out for the his own bat out for the fan to thank him for you know you know getting Terry that that ball. So uh, shout out to TJ. What do you think about that whole situation? Unreal story, man. We're excited in the offseason. I said TJ, we got to get you on the podcast because people need to hear your story. I don't know very if very many people know how hard he's worked to get to where he was I, i'll never forget going into that sophomore season he he didn't even play he went from kind of playing a little that freshman year you know getting a few abs and, and having a full year technically and then red shirting i mean that takes mental mm-hmm. toughness most kids now transfer i mean how yeah. many kids do you see in the transfer portal now that are like oh i don't get to play it happened to me all this nonsense he said screw that i'm gonna work as hard as i possibly can to give myself a chance and that dude grind it i mean if there's two dudes who earned it at least from nevada jojo romero and tj frito i mean they were just yeah. i mean they were getting after in the weight room and everything and so to see tj kind of grow and progress and then being the highest paid undrafted athlete ever is pretty sweet too so a um, really cool story for him it just shows that opportunity is everywhere and you never know uh what's going to pop up for you and then seeing that situation and another good news of the week a, a local product sunrise mountain high school product here seth martinez with the astros just made his debut uh last night nice. actually as, as this was recorded so that was september what 21st 20th whenever it was nice. pretty cool so he got his first outing on the mound and that guy grinded went to uh, arizona state university and um, kind of just has been rolling through the the minors and i know i had to hit you with the dagger there with the sun devils <laughs> but hey sun devil country, hey, shout baby. out Come to on. the kid man you, you make it to the big leagues i don't care where you came from like that's respect and um you know if we take it back to terry real quick fun fact terry friedel Related to John Calipari. <laughs> kind of wild, right? Unbelievable. I want to see the pictures. I'm like, how do you guys know each other? That's cool. The, the pictures, yeah. Try like the tweets, like the random tweet yeah. of like, just went to a game, saw my boy Terry, you know, TJ Friedel <laughs> out random. there. So, so cool. So awesome. Anyways, proud shout out to TJ. both of you guys. Yeah, proud of all you guys. So uh, let's move on to this week's end. Uh, this week's Zen. So for last night in leadership, we started out, we've been doing um, 
like an opening journal session with our, our leadership Academy kids for the last month or so. And this last most recent one was kind of thinking back on your five years ago and, and where you were at uh, and how far you've come for you. I'd just like you to speak on, we talk about that. The path is the way, right? We, we say it a lot. It's a, a famous quote. I, I couldn't even tell you who told, who said it, maybe you could, but um, can you break down the path is the way and kind of um, just that reflecting of, you know, putting us under perspective of where we were, or even, even major league university just a year ago, um, as we've literally just came across our 52nd, uh, weekend newsletter. So, uh, <laughs> I've been on for a full year team. We're here. So. <laughs> Ray Mack is officially employed and it took him a while That's to right. earn that spot. No, I'm kidding. The, the, let's just talk about the biggest upgrade in MLU history is getting Ray Mack to join the team. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, been an absolute monster for the squad. Yeah. I, I, we talk a lot about that Ray and, and really reflecting on where you come from and where you've been and, and what you've been through. And I truly believe that reflection is a powerful tool for all of us because we want, we got to look back a little bit to see how far we've come along. And sometimes you never really realize how far, you come along until you do look back and take some time to see where you come from or how you were a few years ago. And so the leadership exercise we did yesterday was a five-year plan for a lot of the kids. I mean, some are 15, 16, 17, some are 12, 13. So five years might seem like a really long time for them. For me and for you, I know we were in totally different situations five years ago. I was playing professional baseball, pursuing that dream of being a, an MLB player and staying around for as long as I could. And then five years later, it's crazy how God works. And my life's a trillion times better and happier and more fulfilling now out of baseball. And at that time, five years ago, I had no clue that I could ever live a happier, healthier, more successful life without baseball, even though we still do baseball stuff. So that was pretty cool to see that. And just knowing that no matter what happens along your way, there's a great quote that life is always happening for you, not to you. And I love that quote because every situation and experience that comes your way is preparing you for something bigger and better in your future. So if you are going through a tough time, challenging time, something that's not as exciting as you might like it to be, know that it's equipping you and preparing you for something new in the future. And if you are where you want to be right now, imagine where you will be in five years. For us as a company, Ray, three years ago, we started in September. So it's been our three-year anniversary. We should do a giveaway for that. I, I didn't even think about that. I believe it was 10 days ago that uh, as this was recorded, that was our 10 year or our three year. Sorry. Um, Time out. We're going to do it. Let's do it. Let's we go. have two giveaways going right now. There you go. First of all, that this guy, my man, I'm pulling on in here, right? Still haven't gotten an answer. So I'm going to give you a, a hint. He's a Star Wars character. So if you can send us the name of this man uh, via the comments, it doesn't really matter where you're commenting. Um, then, hey, we're going to send you something. And number two, dead giveaway. How do you want to do number two? Yeah, I say we do shirt and, and blueprint for three-year anniversary. You get two of those. And, and if you're an athlete, you get a, uh, we're going to go a full month of Leadership Academy on the house. Might as Perfect. Well. Or if you How have a gonna... kid, boom. How do you want to give that out? Do you want to, are we going to pick a random, uh, what do you, what do you think? Go to Apple podcasts. If you're on the Apple podcast, okay. if you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, you're automatically in the running. Perfect. Perfect. Sound good. Front runner. Absolutely. Throw it in the bag. <laughs> let's go uh, yeah so we're pumped man three years ago I, I posted something the other day we were begging people for us to come in to talk to them I was begging you Ray I was like Ray can we come know. down to San Diego Bradshaw can we come to BYU can we come to Arizona begging coaches to just say and just let me share the story just let me share my story and just whatever else happens happens and it was hard. It was really hard. Today, we we have so many more opportunities, which is a blessing. And we're still fighting that, obviously. There's challenges that come up every day. But the, the beauty is that we have opportunity to go make the impact that we want to make. And we're able to do it alone without having to worry about other things, too. So uh, we're thankful. We're very, very thankful. Five years is a crazy long time. You know, like you can get a lot accomplished. And if you feel like uh, if for even you guys that are just finished with sports right and you're getting into the real world and uh you're going on your normal thing you're, you're you you want to grow that wealth like that seven o'clock to midnight you know window is is a huge opportunity or the the mornings right like my my life has turned around since getting up at 4 30 you know like that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the route it goes now am i exhausted yeah sometimes i'm really really tired but i've gotten a lot done over the last six months just doing that getting up and getting going so um, shout out five-year plans, bro. Let's go. <laughs> Anyways, um, 
Jake, do, go ahead. I'll, do you want to give a quick intro? Because you've known Jake a little longer than I have. Um, talking to him has been awesome. He's just, for me, he's just a clean cut, like, but still willing to get in the dirt with the guys kind of dude. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and lay lay it on him. Tell tell the people who Jake is. In my opinion, the Bam Fam runs the greatest, most crisp, organized organization I have ever seen in my life. Now, I haven't physically been there in person to see the operation from social media, from talking with them over the last couple of years, getting to know them and, and being somewhat business partners for a while in dugout coalition which we'll get into it, it's incredible man this dude's knowledge of wealth and, and he didn't have to go play professional baseball to get it right he just had a passion for learning and he learned and equipped himself and he kept studying the game and other people and other different philosophies and it helped him in his program the thing that i like about him is they're they're so selfless right that program is so selfless they're in it for the kids they do whatever they can they do mental training they have such an organized block i mean they go through eight weeks of intense mental training and then eight weeks of baseball iq training to make sure that you understand the game and oh by the way those baseball iq scores they will send them to schools like college programs so now coach ray knows hey i've got an athlete who they're even with another one but this dude has insane baseball iq or this girl in the softball program is is so ahead of the game with their iq my decision's easier so they just make things so much easier on their athletes they prepare them very well and they challenge them. They challenge them, especially with some of the drills that they do. But getting to know Jake, man, I, I, we connected, I think it was two years ago over the mental training aspect. And when we started to talk about Dugout Coalition, which he'll get into on the podcast, it was just a, an idea that we had to help equip coaches in the travel baseball industry. And that's all it was, was there's a, a big need for coaches in travel baseball to have adequate practice plans, to have things that they could help their athletes with, good drills, um, the mental side, right? Character building, positive learning environments, all that good stuff. And just to see where it's gone. I mean, he's, he'll say it on the podcast, how many teams they have. And after this, hopefully they have even more. And if you do have a chance, get to the ABCA convention and go see them. Dugout Coalitions mm-hmm. from Bam Bam, Hot Corner Athletics, um, Ronnie Burnick, Nick Burnick, Jake Bam, we're AJ Gooker, the whole crew, right? They're amazing. Sam too, as well. I um, don't want to miss him. It's just awesome to see what they're doing, man. So I love what they do. I love how they operate. I love who they are. And that's something that attracted me to them and their program. And it's been a blessing to have them on here today. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Hit that button, son. Rainbow cup. What is up, Jake? We are fired up to see you, man. I'm excited about another episode of Champion School here today. It is officially September 2nd, which is unbelievable. It's already September. We're in the fall. I don't know if that's considered fall. Is it officially fall yet? Oh, yeah. Probably not. I don't think so. In my mind, we got got way more seasons in Indiana anyway. I think we're in fake fall if we break it down (laughs) into the 12 seasons of Indiana. (laughs) Well, we're still uh, extended summer. So unfortunately, we go extended summer till about December here in Arizona, (laughs) and then we get three months of fall, winter-ish, and then we go. But Jake, we're fired up to have you, man. A a quick little background, too. Um, Runs the BAM fam out in Indianapolis. Amazing program. You guys do an amazing job. It was awesome to connect with you. I believe two years ago now, we connected and just talked a lot about mental training, which we'll dive into here. And then running the Dugout Coalition, man, was a part of it in the early stages. Got to see some of the back down, um, some of the background info there and seeing you guys grow, man, has been incredible. We're going to dive into the certification and a lot of the awesome things you are doing. But first and foremost... How are you? Doing well, man. <laughs> Doing well. I, I told you guys before, but just transitioned out of teaching. Um, so so last year, daily schedule was nuts. I was at school like 6.30 a.m. to 3. Would, would co- I coached the high school team there, um, run a facility over here in the travel program in D.C. So, you know, somewhere along, along the way, I had to also be a husband and a father and uh, realized I was just doing too many things. So nice to wake up and walk eight steps into my office and still unpacking and see some boxes in here, man. Like we haven't, <laughs> we haven't fully got the space ready, but um, have some more time to actually dive into the things that I want to dive into. So I have zero complaints. 
Oh, it's so good, man. And, and seeing going back, like circling back to that schedule, man, I remember when you were teaching and half of the, <laughs> all the zoom calls were in your classroom or in the, yep. in the locker. And there's so many different things happening, man. And you were wearing so many different hats, I guess, for the people who don't know you, where were you coaching high school? You guys had some success, right? And in my opinion, yep. you do it better than anybody else in the country, as far as travel ball and, and how you guys structure your plans Kind of give the people a little bit of a background on who you are, who is Bam fam, who is dugout coalition and kind of the things that you're into and up to right now. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, my, my journey was pretty interesting. I, uh, you know, didn't play college baseball and a big reason there was, I just lost a passion for the game. Um, and it was a lot of different factors, people I was surrounded with coaches, relationships It just, it became a job early. Um, and I didn't like that feeling anymore. So, you know, I chose not to play in college, um, graduated with a teaching degree. And it was one of those, I was at a little 1A school, tiny little school, and they needed help in the baseball program. Um, and that was my way in to get my first teaching job. So took a job, um, reignited the love for the game and realized, you know, I, I didn't necessarily know how I wanted to do it, but I knew how I didn't want to do it. Um, and it took a lot, a few years to really figure out what that looked like and, and how to go through the day to day. Um, had an opportunity right away um, to coach travel. And, and, you know, at that little 1A school, I was there for three years, um, was fortunate enough to win a state championship. Uh, and, you know, I just wasn't getting the opportunity that I wanted to, to move into a head coaching role. Um, a lot of coaches will understand this. But I was just at a point, even though I was young, to where I, I was a terrible assistant. Like, I just reached the point that I knew how I wanted to run things, and I couldn't do it. Um, and I, I needed to, to be out on my own and figure some of those things out. So um, I took a job at, at Liberty Christian High School, um, literally walked in, saw a grass field with a fence and like a baseball backstop and was like, oh, maybe that's like just what they use for PE. Um, and they took me on a school tour and that that was the baseball field. I mean, it was <laughs> it was rough. Um, so, you know, was, was there for a year, just, uh, made a decision that I was going to, going to take that and see what happened. Um, and ended up winning the conference championship and having the best season there in program history, which really propelled me to where I'm currently at. So I'm starting year five at Perry Meridian, which is, um, for a high school on the South side of Indianapolis. So it was one of those like timing just kind of fell into place, um, by doing things the right way. And, you know, we bought the indoor facility a year before I got that job. So the indoor facility was on the south side of Indy. And every day I was like living west side, driving north side, getting back to the facility south side. Like it was three hours in a car um, all around Indy every single day. So the move made sense um, to go there. And when we did that, the funny thing was um, travel program had started. Uh, we started that with two single teams. That's it. We had a 15U and a 16U. Um, and, and the process to get going there, we, we kind of felt forced to start it um, for a couple of reasons. We, we were coaching with a program that wasn't very good, but our team was awesome. Um, and we were getting backlash because I think we went like 48 and 15 or some, something crazy. Um, and they were mad because we weren't winning enough tournaments um, because we were playing in high level events against really good teams like to help these kids. Uh, and that just didn't really fit the vision that we had for where we wanted to go. So we, we reached out to a couple of places. They wanted us to come and coach. Um, but it was one of those, like they already had their program set and they weren't interested in any ideas. And there were things that were good, but also things we disliked. So we were young and dumb. I was 23. Um, and for whatever reason thought like now's the time to start my own business. And I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but Adam and I jumped in. Uh, and, and created it with two teams. We're now at 37 teams between baseball Jeez. and softball. Um, yeah, so so it's grown a ton. And, you know, our big focus when we started the vision behind our program was we really wanted to bridge the gap between developing players and player exposure for college recruiting. And it seems like there's a lot of programs out there that do one or the other at a really high level. Um, but a lot of the teams that are college exposure don't do any training. It's just go train on your own, find your individual instructors, and then we're going to come together to play. Um, and on the flip side, all the teams that you hear as development teams, typically those are teams that just aren't very good um, and don't compete with the highest level. So we just saw a niche and a need to fill that. And you know, what, what's been awesome is finding people like you um, and, and the guys at Dugout Coalition and a lot of people in our area that see that vision. Um, mm. And we went from two people to now a board of 11 and 37 teams and, you know, can't do it all by ourselves by any means. But 
by finding the right people with the same vision and same mindset, um, we've seen tremendous growth in a short time. So we're just going into year six right now. Um, so we're still very, very young. And I have to remind myself of that all the time because there's a lot of things that I still want to do and I want to do them like right now, but yeah. they don't always make sense um, in that moment. So yeah, we, we, we got that going. Um, and we do a ton of different things in the winter as far as training and development for our guys from the physical side, visualization side, mindset side. Um, we really try to, to hit them from all fronts and, and be a one-stop shop that they can really go to and get all the development that they need with the college exposure and recruiting. And it's been, it's been a fun journey. So we're excited about it, man. In our mind, we're still babies. We're still getting it started, but the growth we've seen so far has been, has been tremendous. It's you remind me uh, just just that passion that you have for the game and the passion that you have for helping people. And when we first connected, I believe it was two years ago. I don't know how long, but it was a while ago, man. And we started talking and I was like, dude, you got some juice, like, and, and, and AJ's got some juice and like, everybody's got some juice. I'm like, this is an awesome program. And then seeing 37 teams, but this is what I want to jump in before we jump into your guys's philosophy, your mental training, all the awesome sure. stuff with dugout coalition and, and the great stuff that you guys do, because I, I truly believe that there are very few teams doing it at the caliber, the level and the passion that you guys do it. I'm just so blown away by it, but you're a high school coach at a very good school who has had a lot of success. You run 37 programs, baseball and softball. You have like 100 coaches under you and thousands of players. You have Dugout Coalition where you have over 70 teams just now in the infancy stage, which will turn into 7,000 teams eventually, I'm assuming, because of your passion. You have a family with kids. You have a wife that you support. How do you do it all, man? Just give me the secret sauce or for the coaches out there, because there's so many coaches that are going from teaching to coaching, from coaching to the facility, from the facility, and then they take it home with them. And I, and I can't imagine it's easy to separate that, but I feel yeah. like you've had so much experience in going through your own ups and downs. How do you separate the sport, the business, the passions that you have there for the time with your family, being there for your kids, being there for your wife. And um, I know she's involved now with the BAM fam and yep. doing the strength training, which is awesome. But kind of take us through that, how, how you separate some time there for yourself, but also sure. manage everything, because I'm very intrigued by that. I think it's so cool. Well, Google Calendar is my best friend. <laughs> I can't tell you how many meetings. I can't tell you how many meetings I remember 15 minutes before the meeting because I get a notification. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this now. It's great. Um, <laughs> But, but quite honestly, like that, that was a struggle early and I think it would be for most people, but managing that time and finding ways to, to be present was difficult. I would come home and like, just be tired and fall asleep early and miss that time with my family. And, um, it reached a point that I just, I, I knew something had to change. Um, and I knew it couldn't be my schedule at the time. Uh, cause you know, we had just graduated from college. We weren't making enough to, to have kids and do all these things without mm. me working like I was. Um, and I really wanted my wife, Janelle, to be able to stay home um, and raise the kids early. So, you know, for me, it was really diving into developing a routine, figuring out what that was, um, and just the thought of being where my feet are. And I can't tell you how many times I go back to that. Um, and it, it helps so much of just, you know, if I'm teaching, and actually, I, I felt like I almost didn't get a teaching job because of this. I was sitting in an interview um, for this Paramaridian job when I started teaching there, too. And the, the head of the department in social studies looked at me in the interview and said, I just need you to know that I know you're coming here to coach, but you're a teacher first. And it didn't strike me the right way. Um, and I said, well, like, I, I understand that perspective, but I want you to know, like, whatever I'm doing, that's what I am first. When I'm teaching, I'm a teacher first. When I'm coaching, I'm a coach first. If I'm at home, I'm a husband first. So for me, it's just like, Wherever I am, I want to be completely present in that moment and give 100% of who I am and what I have to the people in front of me. Um, and sometimes that means I finish lessons. Last night, I finished lessons and had 74 text messages. Not ideal, not super <laughs> fun to work through all those later on. Um, but I would rather do that than everybody get 50% of what I can offer them. So I think that's been the biggest thing is just being able to, to compartmentalize and separate everything else that I've going on and know that. Like this moment right now is the only one that I can control. So let's make the best out of what I'm doing with who I'm with. Um, and that's completely changed my schedule, my perspective. And like you, you start to enjoy even the little things that aren't necessarily fun. You start to enjoy those more when you just are mindful enough to truly be present in the moment. So that's been by far the biggest thing for me um, is just 
really being able to separate routine and time and do that. Um, know that, you know, not everything's going to work out perfectly every day. So part of my daily routine sheet is I, what I call mitts or most important things today. Um, and those are the things that if the whole day goes to crap and nothing's working out and my schedule gets debunked, like I'm going to get those things done to at least feel good about what I got done in that day. Other things can get pushed, but that just keeps me on track for sure. So it's, uh, it's been a process to learn and grow, like, and figure out how I can do that. But, um, and then of course it all changed when I stopped teaching. So, you know, it was almost like I had more time and then I lost my routine for a couple of weeks to figure out like, man, the alarm goes off at six. I don't have any reason that I need to get up. Like I don't have to go anywhere. So really easy to start pressing snooze again and just getting out of that and getting back into a routine with a new schedule. But um, it's crazy when you said it, like people just don't want to be that structured, but when you do it and you are, it's amazing how much extra time you end up with once you do the main things first and you keep them as like your priority. Oof, that is so good. I love keeping those priorities first, right? You got something? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, it, you have so much passion, right? And and it's cool. It doesn't really matter what it is, the way you've been talking about sure. it, even with the teaching thing, right? You, like you're invested in. Um, I just had a question is like, what's your why? Like, what is, what is, what's your driver? Uh, obviously you have a family that I'm sure is a huge part of it, but um, was just interested to hear what, what your why is. Yeah, that's a great question. I think from a family side, like the biggest thing when we had kids that my wife and I dis- discussed and decided was, you know, our big goal as parents is to show our kids what it looks like to live out your dreams. And I think there's a lot of families out there and, you know, I've, I've siblings like this and there's nothing wrong with it, but that they feel like their, their main priority and their main goal is to provide for their kids and to be supportive. All of that is great. And we want to do those things. But at the end of the day, I want my kids to see me struggle. I want them to see me chase my passions and do what I love and not complain about having to go to work per se um, and know that I love every single thing that I'm doing um, because I want them to do the same things. So if they grow up with that model and example, they're not going to know any different. Um, So that's the biggest thing for me from that standpoint. And I think from the coaching perspective, like I know that my personal journey in the game was changed due to a lot of outside factors. Um, And I know that for a lot of these kids, like relationships with parents and coaches and all of those things can get in the way. And sometimes it feels like work, um, but teaching them to fall in love with the grind and pursue what they want, I think is huge. Um, one of the first questions I ask every kid when I bring them in for a workout uh, to see if they want to be on our team is where do you want to go in baseball? And I can't tell you how many kids are like, oh, it'd be cool to play in college, but they haven't taken that from a dream stage to a goal stage of like, okay, here's my plan to get there. Um, and here's what I'm going to do to actually accomplish that. So for me, like the coolest thing is like my biggest goal as a coach is to help the players achieve their goals. And that's different per kid. Um, but watching them truly discover like what they want to do um, and then seeing them fall in love with the grind of what it's actually going to take to get there. It doesn't feel like work for them anymore. So I think that's, that's huge for me. Like, I've seen so much growth in people from the mental side of the game when they have all the physical tools, but like they go out there to pitch and they just can't throw a strike because they're so worried about all the external going on around them. So for me, like the challenge of coaching everybody individually and finding like what works for them, not treating everybody the same, uh, I think is what I really, really love about it. Um, And then learning. I just, uh, I have a strong desire to continue to learn um, in every area of coaching that I do. And I feel like I do a pretty good job, but I feel like there's a lot of other people that do a really good job too. Um, And the moment we, Adam and I have said from the beginning, like the moment that you come back and our program is exactly the same the next year, stop playing for us because our job is to improve every single year. Um, And the modeling of that teaches our players the same thing. So it's, it's really a life thing for me. It's not just baseball. It's not just fan. Like I want to be that and model that to everybody. Um, and I want to give my best to whoever I'm in front of in that sense. So it's exhausting. Um, TV is hard to watch without falling asleep sometimes, but yeah. I would, I would rather go to bed tired knowing that I did something productive that day. than feel like I have all the time in the world to dream about things that I'm never actually going to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Pursue the passions, you know, like, and, and sure. show, showing your kids that it's okay. 
you know, yeah. like, uh, I was on, like you said, on the completely opposite end of that spectrum where my dad was, you know, commuting two hours to get to work just to help put, you know, put food on the table for a family. And so that was my why, right? Like yep. pushing to get out of that and make sure yep. my, my family never had to deal with that. But for you being able to do that, like that's something that I can look up to for sure. So mm. that, that's awesome to hear. Bye, do you have something with that? Yeah, I just like the from the the dream setting to goal setting, like the dream yeah. vision to accomplishing your goals, you know. And, and there's so many athletes, Jake, and I know you can attest to this and you guys see in that I'm there in the Midwest, but across the whole country that you ask them, hey, what do you really want out of this game? Like, like, what, like what do you yeah. really want? At the end of the day, you're 16 years old, you're 18 years old, you're 25 years old. What do you want out of this game? Like, what do you want us to teach you? What do you want to do with it? And most kids are like, I don't even know. I want to go play right. college, I think. <laughs> ASU looks yep. cool. Going to Syracuse right. would be fun, right? But like, really, what do you want out of this game? And for us being removed and for you in your story, not even going to college because you just lost the passion for it. Now your passion for the game that's come back through that separation and getting away, detaching from the moment and coming back in is so cool to watch. But it also gives that perspective for the kids of saying, hey, this is more than the sport of baseball. Here's what you're going to learn. Sure. Here's your blueprint or your recipe for what you're going to learn in our program and through what we do. And if this isn't a good fit, it's not a good fit, but we're going to do everything in our power to help you develop as a young man or woman into society. And that's where I think the true impact is being made. Um, before we move into the DC, because the DC is so interesting and I love it and, and it's powerful. It's <laughs> needed right it's very needed in our world of sports yep. especially travel sports what is your mental training curriculum or take us through how you guys implement mental training because here's the biggest thing that we get from coaches either one i don't trust myself to do it because i just don't feel like i know enough about it which that's yep. okay right that happens or yep. two I don't have the time. We have two hour time slots. I'm limited to 90 minutes a group. I have 30 teams that I got to get through. I run five of them. I don't have enough time to take five minutes out of my day to do mental training. Well, in my opinion, I, I rebuttal. I'm like, you can work it into the practice plan, but I want to hear your thoughts oh, because yeah. you guys do an incredible job of it. You have a whole formula. It's within the dugout coalitions, um, whole blueprint that you guys have too in the certification, which we'll get to in a minute. But what is your program like what is your curriculum like how do you implement mental training into a travel program with males and females softball baseball right how do you kind of walk that line there for us yeah well and we're we're working on expansion of that because we want to do more of it um, with the players that that really want more of it um, so we're working on a, a bam fam leadership academy that will start in november this year which will be great um, but really where it started was um, just with baseball or softball IQ training. So it really started on just, hey, we, we got a lot of players. We need to teach them the proper way to play the game. Um, and for us, that goes into, you know, where do they put their bags when they go in the dugout? How do you pick up a teammate? All the way into relays and cutoffs and what's your hitting approach and how does that adjust pitch by pitch? Um, so it started there. And from that development, we saw, okay, kids are getting it but we're not touching on anything as far as their overall confidence or how they're preparing for games or what that looks like. So we developed it into really two semesters for us where we have about eight hours of baseball, softball IQ training. We have about eight hours of mindset or peak performance training. And the carry out on that has been different um, every year. So, you know, we had one year where an hour before your practice, um, you know, we're fortunate enough to have a classroom in our facility where you were in the classroom going through that week's session with your coaches. Um, the feedback on that from some coaches was they just didn't feel equipped enough to teach the sessions, um, mm. which we heard. So the, the past year, what we did, um, and, and COVID played a role in this, originally it was going to be at, you know, four auditoriums in one school, but, you know, we did it through Zoom. And, you know, we used um, a program through Zoom or through Google that allowed us to, to get player responses during those sessions. Um, and to track all of those. So we have all of the data of all player responses um, on every single question that we pose from, you know, why do you lose confidence? Where are you most confident in your game? Uh, when does that go away? How do you get it back when it does? Um, so a lot of questions on that front, but basically we had 400 kids in a Zoom and, and coaches in the Zoom. And we went through, we had a baseball one and a softball one. Um, and we had four different weekends where we spent about four hours on Zoom going through it all. And for us, it's, it's the accountability of actually doing it and learning it. 
um, which is a final exam. Every single player in our program has to pass a final exam before they're cleared to play in the spring. And the score on that differs based on age group, right? Like our AU, it's a team test. Like show me that you understand the basic concepts that we can grow from there. 16U, it's a hundred question final exam that we send to every college that's recruiting them um, with a copy of the exam so they can see what their mental aptitude for the game is and how they're going to be able to bounce back quickly once they get there. Uh, so it's grown tremendously um, from there. You know, I do one-on-ones. So I start next week. I'm so fired up about it. I have nine players that are starting eight week sessions with me where we'll dive farther into, you know, development of visualization strategies and breathing strategies. Um, and one of my favorite things to talk about is just personal saboteurs. Like what are the, the false truths that you tell yourself that you choose to believe that you just know aren't true because those are the things that typically come back in our subconscious that keep us down. So for me, it's development of negative saboteurs and then development of counteracting power phrases from that, that as soon as you have that thought, you catch that lie right away and you're like, no, 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 here's what I truly believe. And you can bounce from that. Um, and, you know, to some extent, you, you guys know this, you're, you're in it too your ability to be transparent and just open up to people and be a human rather than just be this person that puts themselves above everybody and talks over it has been a huge benefit to us. I mean, I love sharing with our players like my journey and my personal saboteurs. Like I didn't take a single business class. I was an education major running three businesses. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Like I figured it out, but my negative saboteur used to be like, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. Like I'm, I'm not educated enough to do this. When the reality is like, I just took a different path. I know what I'm doing. We have a plan in place. We know the vision of the program. My path was just very different, um, but that would bring me down and keep me from, from stepping out and, and trying to take those strides towards growth because I was afraid of, you know, what's going to happen if I do fail and changing that thought from, okay, yeah, there's always that option, but what's going to happen when I succeed just changes your whole mindset on how you're going about it. So getting our players into that and starting to understand like, Hey, if, if you're a five out of 10 skill wise in baseball, but you're stupid enough to believe you're an eight out of 10, you're going to perform above a five like that. That's just how the brain body connection works. Um, and if we can own that cognitive dissonance and that connection between the two, we're going to get better players. So it takes some of them like this is the, the mix that we get. We get players that are totally bought in, invested right away, want to learn it. Or we get players that really don't care, but they're with us because parents care and want them to be bought in and learn it. So our job is to at least make it interesting enough um, that they, they want to be there and that they learn um, and make sure that there's enough little nuggets, especially with, you know, eight U kids all the way through 18, that 18 can get something at a high level and eight U through 10 U kids can take away a couple nuggets of like, okay, that's what I need to focus on. Just that one or two big points for them. Um, that we can expand on later. So it's been a lot of curriculum development. Um, and then really the fun part now, which I love how you guys do these things too, but it's not like it's planned of, as far as the topic, but we just roll. And I think there's a ton of power in just a natural conversation versus here's our plan. And here's exactly what we're going to do. Like that's, I get it in a professional setting, but players know that you're just presenting at that point versus communicating. Um, and there's a ton of power in communicating, just being on their level with them. So I love that. Like when my players come in, they call me Jake, they, they, they don't or coach, but like, there's no Mr. Or Sir. Like, I don't want that. Like they're, they're the players I'm supposed to be here to help them. You don't have to talk to me. Like I'm a big shot or anything like that. Like that doesn't make any sense. They're the big shots. I'm just here to help them. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. You got something right. Well, yeah, I was just going to ask because I was one of those personal self-sabotage saboteurs yeah. myself. Um, what percentage do you think of young athletes today have that, like the um, imposter syndrome almost when they when they get into yeah. it, right? So I would say 100% have different saboteurs and we break them down into, they all develop three. So they develop within the game of baseball or softball, what's their personal saboteur? what's their, their team saboteur and what's their overall softball or baseball saboteur. Because what we find is their personal one is very different than how they view their teammates. Um, and we worked with the player through DC last year that he was pretty good personally, but his team just didn't care. And we had a high level player surrounded by a team of people that just didn't want to be there. And like his mentality about his teammates was negative 
And that was affecting his play. Um, and then just about the overall game, like it's a game of failure. There's a lot of people that have the saboteur of like, I can't be successful within this game. So breaking those down, I think is important. Um, I would say probably close to 50% fall into that imposter syndrome. Um, and I think we all do in phases, but I've seen more pitchers than anything else fall into that. Really? And I That's think it becomes really highlighted when they're going through the recruiting process. Because you start to see, oh, this guy signed. I know this guy, I thought I was better than him, but he signed and I haven't yet. Um, so then they start to question and wonder. And high school is a mean place, man. You get a lot of these kids that have these goals and everybody around them is telling them, do you know only 1% of kids do that? You're not going to be that. You're not. And they tend to believe it. So getting them to a place that they know like their own thoughts and being able to own those, um, I think is huge. Because what we've seen a lot is, like you, you approach a player and say, Hey, you're not doing well in this area, this habit, we need to fix that. Well, what do they do? They try to change the action, which it does for a couple of weeks. And then they're back to the same old actions that they were at before. And for us, like outlining to them that it's like a flower, like the thoughts are the root, the words are the actual like plant that comes up. And then the actions are the flower that blooms. Like if we just pluck the flower, it's a temporary fix. That flower is going to come back or that weed versus really getting to the root and changing our thought process. And, and for us, that's the question of what's the why? Like you want to play division one baseball. Great. Why? Just because you want to sign on Twitter. Like that's not going to, that's not going to help you. That's, that's yeah. monetary at that point. So when they get to, man, I love this game because of this, then we start to change the thought process, which allows them to, to really create new roots and, and blossom something better out of that. Um, and that's when we start to see it pay dividends on the field, but it's a process. Like you, in our culture, everybody wants that instant gratification of let's talk for 30 minutes and I'm going to be healed. Yeah. And I think what they need mm -hmm. to understand, like, and this is the, the one negative connotation about sports psychology, right? Is like, you don't go to a psychologist unless you have a problem. You don't go to a doctor unless you're sick. So for them to start to understand, like, this is like a hitting lesson. You go because it doesn't mean you're bad. You're just trying to get better. So why do you do mental training? Because I have room to grow in that area that's going to help me on the field. doesn't mean I'm broken. It just means I have room to improve. Um, and I think when we get there, they take that negative connotation off of themselves of thinking like I'm here because I have a problem to like, okay, let's see how we can grow together. I love that part. I love the part of like, hey, this is something like a hitting lesson or a pitching lesson that is going to elevate your game. Right. It's only yeah. going to help you in the long run. It cannot hurt you. It's only going to help you keep growing. And I think of it like a secret weapon. Like, wouldn't you want the sure. secret weapon if you're trying to get to college baseball or professional baseball? And you know, there's one secret that can help you perform better than the competition, at least more consistently than the competition. And if I had the opportunity to do that, would you want to do that? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's mental training. And they're like, well, I got a problem, right? Right. No, right. right. Always. The word Always. Mental, like, come on. It's like, dude, <laughs> there is no problem with you. This is just another resource that we provide mm -hmm. that can help you elevate your game at a more consistent level so that you're hitting less or your pitching lessons actually work on the field, right? For sure. And I think you guys do a great job of highlighting those things on all of your social media from like college and professional athletes that clearly are doing it at a high level, but are investing into that. And I think that's great for the, the youth athletes to see because they don't see it that often. The last couple of years, we're starting to see more. Um, but I think when they see like their idols in that sense, doing those things, it becomes something that they feel like is acceptable for them to do as well. So good, man. That's so good. Well, take us through, take us through dugout coalition, man. Kind of explain a little bit about what, what the DC squad is. You see it on the shirt there. If, if you're watching this on yeah. YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube, go Ooh. to the YouTube channel. Watch it. <laughs> uh, that's a sweet looking shirt, man. You got the six tool training and there's a reason for it. Right. And so yeah. uh, what is kind of just fill us in the background. What is the dugout coalition? What do you guys offer? How do you guys go about it? Who's a part of the team? Uh, just, just fill us in on the background, man. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, that journey was a fun one because when, when you and I met for the first time, well, we haven't even met in person, which is hilarious. Like, <laughs> I know, but Come on, we got to make it happen. I know, I know. But when we started talking originally, like the funniest part, I think you followed our travel programs and me, and I followed you in major league university, but for like three weeks, we didn't realize that we were each connected to like our programs or our businesses. So we were just there like, man, I like this guy's stuff. I like this program stuff, but could, didn't put it together. Um, and when we did and we finally connected, you know, the initial talk and thought was like, how do we grow 
BAM and FAM and MLU and, and really partner in a way that makes sense with us doing similar things there. Um, and then and then COVID hit. And I remember when COVID hit, everything got shut down. And Austin called me and was like, man, what what can we do? I got a guy in New York that's doing things at a, at a high level. Like, I want to stay active, but there's only so much that we can do. Um, and we got on a call with, with myself, Austin, um, and Ronnie Burnick, who runs Hot Corner Athletics um, out in New York. They just bought a new facility, just had a first-round draft pick with Joe Mack coming out of there. Like, they're killing it up there. Um, and we just got on the phone and started brainstorming. It was like five minutes into it that we started to realize that we all had a passion and a vision for helping coaches train their teams in a, at a high level way um, in the travel industry. And the big reason was there's a need there. There's a, like, you get a lot of dads that coach and that's great. You get the, all the daddy ball, whatever. Like I get it. It's funny. But at the end of the day, like those people are volunteering their time to coach their kid because we need coaches um, and we're short in that area. So in our mind, giving them the tools that they need in their toolbox to equip them with the necessary skills to actually develop these players properly was a need that not only we have in our program, but programs have all over the country. Um, and the way that it's kind of grown has been has been really, really cool. Like our overall vision in it is to be a six tool training program, meaning you have your five physical skills in baseball or softball, but we also want to train the mindset. So um, the first thing that we branched into was a coach's cert and the coach's certification. You know, we launched it last year on the baseball and softball side. And uh, we had about 25 teams take part in it in year one. Uh, and it's eight weeks of training. It's about 40 hours of content in the cert um, quizzes with each week or each module. Uh, and every week has some type of mindset development in there. Uh, and then we break down hitting mechanics and then hitting approach and base running and training, modern versus traditional leads, bluffs, how to time everything, what that looks like. Um, so every aspect of the game. And the really cool thing is, is just seeing the guys at Hot Corner, Sam Combo does their strength stuff, um, Nick Burnick, Ronnie Burnick, and then on, on our end um, with Adam Gauker and myself, like everybody be humble enough to realize that like we all have a role but we're not doing everything. Um, Ronnie is an incredible hitting instructor. So we've kind of let him take lead on a lot of the hitting stuff. And we've developed our program based on his hitting stuff a lot at this point, which is great. Um, Adam is a catching guy. I'm an infield guy. Sam does strength. So all just finding our own little niche within it um, to develop that content has been really, really helpful um, and taking some of that big work off of everybody's plate. But the coaches start started it. Uh, we'll be releasing very soon a player portal that has – uh, over 500 drills with eight-week programming on those that players can do at home, uh, really trying to work with the kids of things that they can do away from their, you know, practice or instruction or whatever they have during the week. Um, so they don't have an excuse for, hey, I can't pay for that or I just can't get a ride. Like now you have things that you can do. Uh, so really trying to branch that into the players. But I think it was really unique uh, the first year, because every week we would have an hour Zoom session where coaches could just come in if they had questions over any of the content. And the conversation that got started just from what's in the cert was incredible. And, and for us, that's the real end goal. Like, yes, you have to pass your test to be cleared to coach and to be certified. But for us, like I want coaches to challenge what we put in there. I want different perspectives, like ask the question of why we would do it this way versus a different way. Bring up an idea or a perspective of why you think something is better, because like that is a great conversation for all coaches to have for all of us to grow and learn and develop. And there's always things that we haven't thought about. So that part was really cool. Um, and I think that's where the biggest growth for coaches comes in is when the dialogue is actually there more so than just a presentation. Um, and we're excited. Most of our teams start in a month um, on their stuff this year. And we're at about 70, 75 teams. We'll be taking it to the, the ABCA convention this year. Now that it's back in Let's person go. in Chicago, it's going to be yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be out there working coaches through it and, and just kind of talking through content. But I think it's the most, from what we've looked into, it, it's the most complete cert out there for coaches um, in regards to all of the skill acquisition and development, but also the mindset training. And a lot of what you get on coaches certs and USA baseball is primarily for literally coaches. And I think it's great, uh, but it's very vague. It's how many outs are in an inning and how do you step on the rubber and just the basic stuff. 
Uh, and we really wanted to dive deeper to where, you know, there's enough info for a high school coach or a college coach to still grow from it, but it's easy enough to understand that a 10U coach can still take big things from it um, as well. So I can tell you like practice planning last year, it was absolute fire across our program. Like just showing up and seeing the drills that they were doing versus watching 11 people stand around while one field of the ground ball, right? Like you get yep. that a lot. It yep. was really cool to see all these coaches like buy in and, and learn and grow through the program. Because one of the things we do for, for BAM and FAM, when we run our positional training, there's eight weeks and it's position specific, all age group. So the fun thing for our coaches is they have the ability to actually coach every single player in the program rather than just their individual team. Uh, so it was really cool watching like a 12U coach instruct a 17U player and demand that attention because he knew what he was talking about. Like it's really, really unique to see these coaches feel empowered enough to actually like coach at a high level outside of just their own individual team. I, I think it's brilliant, man. I think it's a brilliant idea. And, and you guys add in all the components, right? It's almost like your own secret sauce to put it out into a formula that is very, very well designed. I mean, being able to see it firsthand and, and walk through it and see some of the coaches when we were running that baseball school, I believe um, last year during COVID, when COVID first yeah. struck, we did our online baseball school, 40 hours of coaching and then 40 hours of kids. And it was a crazy couple of weeks. Long Monday through Friday, like two hours, two hours a day. Every day, Friday. 11. It was oh, awesome. Man. That was the highlight of my of my COVID experience right there, though. It, it was, was incredible. Some days, but it's one of those things like you, you might not be looking forward to it going in, but as soon as those things started, like it became the highlight of the day immediately. Yes. So that was that was cool. We had over a hundred kids multiple times, a ton of coaches from all over the country. Um, and I think like it was just one of those things. If, if we see a need, we want to address it. And there was such a need for people to have something in the industry during COVID when they couldn't be out in person everywhere, uh, that it was just fun to get people together from all different parts of the country and different skill levels and, and see how they develop. So I still follow a lot of those kids on social media and like, yeah. see how they're doing now. Like they're killing it. Huff just signed D one. Jess is killing it. Like we got kids all over that were keeping tabs on at this point, uh, which is really cool. It was so much fun, man. And seeing that is the same thing, right? You go into, you're like, I don't know what to expect. And then you get yeah. in there and the conversation, the chat box, the different people that you meet, seeing athletes from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. Yeah. Then we even had a couple of kids overseas that were joining in there in yeah. different countries, which is really cool. Um, but seeing that is, is so awesome. Before I forget, and before we get into the game here soon, where can people find you guys? Where can people find you guys on social media? And then where, if they're interested, if there's a coach out there that's like, hey, this could work for me, my program, our team, um, our families, where can they find the certification program if they opted into trying to take that program? Yeah, for sure. So we're on all major social medias. It's just at Dugout Coalition um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and then if you just go to dugoutcoalition.com, our new website is up and running. Let's go. Uh, and you can nice. send an email directly from there. Um, dugoutcoalition at gmail.com is just the basic email as well. So any inquiries can go there. Um, travel program wise, it's just at I N underscore BAM fam on all major social medias as well. Uh, you know, th those programs are great. I would say like our vision has changed there from trying to get teams all over to really just trying to invest in teams through dugout coalition all over and owning our location. So people are in the indie area for travel teams. That'd be great. Um, if they're outside of that area, getting with us on the DC side would be the first step for sure. Awesome. I love it, man. I love it. Um, and then Ray, before we hop into that game, what, uh, I guess for you, what, what are your, what are you looking forward to the most? And what do you do for fun? Like, what do you do outside of the baseball stuff? What do you do outside of, of grinding this? Cause it takes some work, right? It takes some work, but you're so passionate about it that it probably seems like a lot of fun, right? It's really fun. Oh, yeah. There's gotta be those hard days. So what do you do when you get to separate, when you get to kind of leave the game or do other things, what are some of your main things that you like to do for fun, man? Man, that's, that's a great question. And the funny thing is the first thing that came to mind was participate in my own infield lessons. Uh, I just, <laughs> I love right. to get out there and field with them, man. I get Me out there, too, dude. I'll talk that's smack right the whole time and just, and just <laughs> yuck it up with them. Um, so like participating in that kind of stuff is, is really fun for me, but you know, at, at home, like my, my wife is training for her first, uh, fitness competition. Uh, she does all of our weight training. She's a, she's a CPT for us at our facility, but we love to work out together. 
Um, so doing that, just going on, on little weekend getaways as a family with literally no plans. Like we can go to the middle of nowhere. I don't want to leave and like be in public and talk to people when I'm, when I'm there, I just want to sit and be. So, um, just little getaway trips like that. Uh, I'm really good at MLB, the show That's uh, <laughs> yes. a problem for me, but, uh, you know, it, I actually have our players like train on that of like understanding hitting approach. It's hilarious. But that, that's about it, man. Like, it feels like even the fun stuff we do is related or around baseball and softball and what we're doing at this point. But, um, no, we, we love it. It's one of those things, and, and you said it, Austin, like when you actually enjoy what you're doing, that is fun. So, so like I, mm. I'm about to, when we get off here, I have to go monitor lifting. Then I got to get my, for the high school team, get my own lift in. My daughter just, she's seven, six right now, but she's playing on her 8U softball team. So I get to go watch her train wreck of a practice for eight oh, years. Like it's going to be great. That's awesome. The coach is killing it with them, but they're eight. So like, what are you going to do? You're hurting, yeah. hurting cattle at that point to some extent, but no, all those things, man, it's anything that we can do as a family, we love. Um, and even on the nights that we train, my four-year-old is like in the cage hitting for like four hours straight, uh, just having a blast. So really cool that all the passions that we have and all the jobs, I guess, that we have, our whole family is actually invested and involved in them. So that part's really neat for us. That That's a very baseball coach uh, answer there. <laughs> <Isn't> it, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I'm not more interested. If it's not golf, it's baseball. You know, I'm, I'm so <laughs> bad at golf. That's the thing. If I'm going to hit a ball, I want someone else to chase it. Like that's, that's, that's just, I, I'm not going to go and get it. I can do top golf. still not good, but at least I don't have to go get the ball. But, that's right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm rough. I'm real bad. <laughs> well jake you you guys got things rolling over there with both of your, your companies and and you know what just the way you approach things and and the way you're talking about the mental side like they're in great hands for sure so um, yeah man thank you for coming on but are you ready because we're we're getting into the game now the pressure is do on. it let's let's go. Do stuff's it. over let's go <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're gonna play on it or off it basically okay. you're either going to be on it, yes, for it, agree with whatever I just said, or off it, you don't agree, it's not something you're about. And then just a quick one sentence as to why. Got it. All right, 10 coming at you. We're going to start out with Snickers. On it. On it. I like the, the crunch. The crunch aspect <laughs> makes it the best one. And we have them at our facility, and that's like my, my mid-lesson snack. Need them. That's a selling point right there. Uh, <laughs> moving the mound back six inches. Off it. I don't think it makes a big enough difference to change anything. Love it. Uh, Lego. Lego, like like building them. Yeah. Uh, off it personally. <laughs> I, I like that. I just can't build and I get frustrated, man. You you want to get me mad? Ask me to build something. It's not great. <laughs> uh, rock climbing. On it, but haven't done it other than like one time indoors. But I'd be in. Okay. Uh, the Simpsons. Off it. Not funny. Not funny. <laughs> wow, Matt Groening is just losing it right now, you know? Uh, 2-0 change-ups. Uh, unless your change-up's an actual breaking ball, off it. Off it. I'm fine with a 2-0 curve. Don't give me that 2-0 slow fastball. I don't need yeah. that. <laughs> uh, Tesla. On it. Can't afford Fuck. it, but on it. Yeah, <laughs> well, you neither. You um, boxing. On it. I was actually, so I'm a first degree black belt in Taekwondo, which is really? more legs, but uh, I, I, I love boxing. I think it'd be super fun. That was the most subtle flex. Really. That was awesome. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to fight you now. I'm not going to fight you now. I was before. I was like, I was, I was like 12 the last time I did it. So I probably am no good anymore, but I was. I could, I could, I could do it a little bit better. But I could injure you. you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bachelor. On it oh. because I have to be. Bachelor in Paradise right now. That's what the we're best, on. the best. We will talk it's, off camera about that. But I told my wife, watch it without me. I'm not in. And then she watched it when I was like there one time, and now she's not allowed to watch it without me. Again. So we're there again. Bachelor in Paradise is a go-to. Uh, last one. Uh, this is a little controversial. Uh, LeBron over Jordan. No, I grew I grew up northwest suburbs of Chicago. Get out of here with that. Not gonna happen. I'm with you, brother. In fact, when Austin was saying the special sauce, all I could think about was Mike's special water from Space Jam. The only Space Jam that was good. 
That's right. Now that makes <laughs> stuff. Very He's good. not as good of an actor, not as good of a player. We, we can go all day on that. But. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, nice job, dude. That was quick 10. You killed it. Crushed it. And I'm with you on The Bachelor in Paradise. But I, not so much on Bachelor, but Bachelor in Paradise. Bye. You got you to check Absolutely. it out. Lexi would love it. I've seen a couple episodes. I've seen a couple episodes. We got to dive back. We're on Impractical Jokers. We love Impractical Jokers. So I've seen like, every uh, episode of that. So same. that's, yeah, that's the best right there. When you start getting to know the actual names of the contestants on the Bachelor shows, you're in too deep. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. <laughs> and their last initial. That's the problem. When you're talking like Ashley and you're like S or C, now we have Oh, yeah. Then you know yeah. you're married. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> happy wife happy so life good. brother that's, that's right. how it goes so good. well jake no we appreciate you coming on man we love what you do we're huge fans here um and everything that you guys are doing over there and uh we're blessed man this is this is awesome i took a lot out of it i got to learn a lot here i know coach ray did too and just seeing what you guys are doing for the athletes there, not only in indianapolis but all across the country man to see that progress is so awesome so um we're blessed to have you on here man we're grateful for you and um we're excited to see you hopefully in person soon man we got to get out to india and make something happen baby the the yeah. gauntlet let's do it um i need a snickers bar yep. next time i'm on here we'll be we'll all be in person in indy it'll be great let's go man it'll be Can't a little dcmou <laughs> collab baby let's go we'll get in the class let's do it too. i'm all in just come to chicago for abca let's do that yes 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 all in. in baby all in let's go there you go awesome cool, well, i appreciate you guys love what you're doing with mlu um, and seeing the athletes and everything that you guys are, are pushing out and the impact you guys are making too. So I know we're different areas and I think, you know, baseball is a sport where everybody feels like we have to compete rather than collaborate a little mm -hmm. bit. So awesome to find like-minded people that are doing good things that are willing to actually work together and find a way to, to really better athletes around the country. So appreciate you guys a lot. There's plenty of helping people that needs to go around. So yes, don't ever 100%. feel like you're stepping on somebody's toes by making an impact in their lives. So 100%. thank you for what you're doing, man. Keep shaping people. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. All right, brother. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. Coach B killed it. Uh, you know, first of all, he, he's a stand up dude. Right. And then to keep that large of an organization organized, right. Like, and, and doing it with almost a family feel, you know, it's not, you're not a number when you roll into an organization like that, even though there are a lot of kids, right. You are a person and, and a player and your development is, is put first. So, uh, what'd you think about the interview? He's awesome. I mean, he's awesome. Exactly what we expected, right? Exactly what we expected. Bringing the fire. Very well spoken. Very easy to understand, and makes his message very clear. Very good communicator. I love the fact that and just learning about his work-life balance, right? And so how he can get his kids in the cage to hang out with them. His wife is in there doing the, the physical training side now and, and doing all that good stuff. She's killing it. Just to see their program explode that way has been awesome. They have 30-something teams. I think he's at 36 or so, 32, 36. So many teams. The fact that he stays mentally sane with all those teams, with Dugout Coalition, with his family, right, and having other people to take care of, it's incredible. But it's a testament to his time management, his discipline, and his organization. Exactly what we talked about before this. So, uh, seeing him at it, it really stuck out to me was just how invested he is with his family and getting his wife involved too is pretty cool. And then having the courage to step away from a full time teaching position where, I mean, yep. he was teaching, coaching high school, and doing his travel ball stuff. And for anybody in that industry, they know it's not easy. There's a lot that goes into it. You're constantly on the phone. I think he said he had like 75 texts that morning or something insane yeah. from families. And guess what? He answers every single one of them. That is yeah. awesome. I mean, that's just stand-up, dude. Yeah, shout-out to Jake. Thanks for just joining us, man, and with your time. I know you're so so busy, and, and to to take that time where you have two kids, right? Two kids, I believe, that um, just keep you super busy, and, and you're able to then provide that love and nourishment for your teams like that, man. Um, you know, you're, you're standing up, and you're, you're a leader in the community, so we can't thank you enough. Um, I think that's going to do it for us here. This has been a morning edition, an early morning edition of uh, Champion School. I hope you guys had enjoyed your time here, and uh, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Hope you guys have a blessed week. We'll see you soon. Peace.